0: Frontier, gentlemen. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for Fox 2 News, he writes his colorful and unusual story. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring... I'm Al Alrick. This is the story of J.B. Kendall. Frontier Gentleman. You ass interrogative... Get your finger it. out of I my did.
1: face. Get your finger out of my face. Hey, take the first shot, then if you want to... Get count your sir. finger out of my face. It's gone.
2: What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you
1: doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay, want to go right now, Alric? Welcome to ML Soul of Detroit, with the have a very special, special guest. This is sort of like being at work, except I'm at my other job because uh, we're joined this week by Mr. Rob Walcheck, hey, the Denizen, the Master, the Mayor. That's me of the Hall of Shame. That is me, and of course Mark Fellhauer, the uh, co-host of the Charlotte and Dad Podcast, uh, Drew and Mike Podcast. Uh, some sort of bondage podcast that's rolling out soon. Jack of all trades, one, yeah. master of none. Yes, and, and well, you don't want to know what kind of trades he's jacking. <laughs> and our our patron, and uh, recently the subject of a a glowing profile in the Detroit News, which revealed the great tidbit, we all knew you played baseball at Virginia Tech, but we had no idea you were the captain of the team,
2: captain of this ship of fools, Mr. Drew Lane. Wow, I, I, I don't know where he found that I did not tell him that. But you were the captain. I was the captain. That's pretty good. Uh, thank
3: you. That's, That's funny. Good. I never knew that either until that article. I was the captain for two years. So humble.
4: I knew it. I, I've investigated. <laughs> too. I know
3: everything. You've <laughs> tried busting him. I,
4: I, I got. I, I got everything. I got all the dirt. Yeah, he was a captain. All right. I mean, there's a lot of other things he did too. We're here for a very
1: special episode of ML Soul of Detroit with Rob Walcheck talking about some of his greatest hits, some of his greatest sh- hits, and <laughs> his very. <laughs> first confrontation so rob uh, why don't you uh, why don 't you tell us how you got this whole thing started because you just you just celebrated an anniversary it was uh
4: Seventy-five years at Fox Two. To to
1: <laughs> to,
5: you know, holy
2: Happy anniversary, a
5: hole.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any. I didn't celebrate any anniversary. I've, I've been at Fox Two for twenty-one years. I don't know something like that. Well, it was nine, the twenty-year
2: Hall of Shame anniversary.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess yeah. Well, that was last year. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah but we're gonna on. we're gonna put we're a link on. to that on our you. website so you. that okay. uh,
1: so that we can get double-digit viewing on that.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's on. I don't think it's on. <laughs> I, don't think it's on uh, I don't believe that's online. Really. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not online.
1: Was it like what? some quality control or something?
4: Yeah, uh, it, it, it should have asked me that when we weren't on the air. Just It's not oh. online. Oh.
1: Well, we rolled on all that other tape. We'll, we'll be using that depending okay. how the rest of this that's goes. That's
2: a great point, though, uh, ML. The uh, internet does have great quality control.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. The, uh, the new Nancy Pelosi video, I understand, oh, they've God. now debunked, but they're like, yeah, we'll keep it up.
2: I saw someone was being badgered by someone about why Facebook left it up. Why did Facebook leave the video up? Why did they choose to do that? Probably because it's driving some traffic.
4: yeah it's, you know? well, well, also that it's uh, silly me. Free, free speech, I suppose.
1: I can't figure out Facebook. I'm not sure anybody can. I know that uh, they're still making money hand over fist, no matter what they do. even when they pay billion dollar fines, they're still doing very well. They've actually, after saying they were going to try and um, clean up their their algorithms so that <laughs> they would drive traffic to more reliable news sources, they've made it very, very difficult. For people to find stories from our station and from newspapers, they've actually made it harder for users of Facebook to get access to reliable, responsible news outlets like Fox 2 and our local newspapers.
2: Was that uh, uh, intentional?
1: Well, they're the ones who changed the formula. And I I know that the media has complained to them like, hey, wait a minute. We were supposed to be your partners. You're supposed to help us figure out how to... You know, benefit from this platform, and and ever since they told us that, people have changed the way they post things and do things, and and Facebook just pulled the rug right out from under us. I so, was just watching one the of fake Rob's. news lives; the real news withers.
2: I was just watching a hall of uh, hall of shame piece that had two hundred seventy seven thousand views, and I know you've got views over a million. Um, how oh, you guys, you guys have some incredibly viral stories over there. Why would they screw with that? Of course, they can always blame the algorithm. that's that's nice to be. i' We've yeah. got to come up with algorithms we can blame for everything.
4: I don't think that the television business has really figured out the internet Th- and, and that's what I think it comes down to. And I think that they thought they had figured out the internet when Facebook used to really promote our stories. right. But what has happened is that for whatever reason, Facebook, Wants to promote. I had a cheese sandwich for mm-hmm. lunch. Here's my cheese sandwich, or whatever. They're they're, they're trying to make it more. Especially of a, if
2: there's a mouse in it that yeah, jumps out into Fo- someone's mouth stuff, and they choke but, on it. I, I don't know. And then so, they shoot forty people. Yeah, with a mouse stuck in their throat.
4: Well, whatever. Well, I
1: want to promote a little something here that I think is in everybody's interest, (laughs) whether it's an algorithm or Big Data or whatever, and that's, that's our friends at Hall Financial, who are responsible for this show and many others at the Red Shovel Network being on the air. We can't emphasize enough how important people like David Hall are to our survival, taking a chance on this new form of media, donating organs to our hosts who need them. Not saying anything about Charlie's liver, but Dave, please try and uh, eat right. If you want to refinance your home, Hall Financial would love to save you money or even your life. You can email David at dhall at hallfg.com or call Hall Financial at 248-308-5000. Maybe it's your first home or your dream home. Maybe you want to take money out of your home. Give David Hall a chance and get lower rates, better options, and more personal attention. They have over 600 five-star reviews. Industry average for a a refi is 44 days. Yes, we're reusing Jan Golubosky because he still sucks. (laughs) Hall financial average is 19 days. That's still the captain and always will be because that number will never yet be assigned again. They will fight for you even if you have a dent in your credit history. Email at dhall at hallfg.com or call 248-308-5000 and thank them for giving the Soul of Detroit a chance
4: to stick around a while. Tell Dave ML sent you. When I go down there to, to do a Hall of Shame, I'll say, ML sent me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 don't, I don't have anything against those guys. I don't know anything about them. It would be a good time just, to I, leave I just us thought out. I'd throw that in there just to give you guys a That's when you say, uh, Eli, Denny, and Bob sent me. No, I'd say ML said me. I would definitely say you said it. Said, said No, I, I'm not doing a story on that. Well, one of my
1: favorite uh, confrontations you've ever done was when you followed uh, a, a guy all the way through a building. Okay. Robert you remember him? I, can I Ooh. use his full name? Robert. Mr. Robert. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I let's follow just say, him through Let's say, Bob, you follow him through his office building, and you're going on every floor, and then you got to the end, and you're like, hey, we, we've run out of places to go. Are you no, going to answer some questions? No, 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 his question?
4: name wasn't Robert. His name was, uh, oh, my goodness. Now you, you screwed me up because I remember all these guys' names.
2: <laughs> How so, far did you follow Mike Scoopin', by the way, because oh. he didn't have his driver's license, and so he was going to leave in his truck. He said, hey, you don't have a driver's license, and he started walking
4: OK, well, let's let's talk about it. If, <laughs> if we want to go into some of these uh, uh, confrontations that we've had, you know, th- and this is something that MLI were talking about off the air. And, and I think you and I drew. Um, there's a lot that goes into these things. And people may say, oh, I know Rob Walcheck. He goes up and he bustles bad guys. He gets in their face, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Mike Scoopin is a perfect example of how I really don't do that. <laughs> Okay. First off, I gave Mike Scoopin the opportunity to contact me before uh, I ever met up with him. I went to his house. I sent him Facebook messages. He didn't respond. He was at his house. I knew he was at his house because I saw him go into the house and he didn't respond. So It was a house of skank too, wasn't it? Just a wreck. Yeah, it was a bad house. Yeah, Yeah, it was a, a, a foreclosed house. He hadn't paid the mortgage for several years, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, so I get him coming out of the courthouse, and he's got a big smile on his face. And I said to him, hey, Mike, I'm here to talk to you about your investment deal. And I'm very nice to him. Fill me in a little bit. Well, it says on your paperwork, it was approved by the attorney general's office. Which attorney general's office? <laughs> right? And then he says, do your research. And, uh, and then I said, uh, well, it says here, blah, 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 blah. And then he would say, do your research, Rob. I can't believe you're talking to me. And so he was a total jackass to me. Right? So I was professional. I asked him direct questions. And then finally, when it became clear that he wasn't getting anywhere. He started being uh, uh, an ass to me, and then I kind of jumped all over him.
0: (laughs) So the
4: point is, is that when you're trying to do these things, you know, I'm very well researched. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm going to ask them. I go in with a plan knowing that if he says this, I'm going to ask him this. If he says that, I'm going to ask him that. You have to think on your feet and I try to be nice to them because I'm trying to get them to talk to me. I want to hear their side of the story. So what happens is a lot of times they lie and they get themselves in trouble. Then they realize that they're in trouble and then they start Pushing and shoving and yelling and all of that. Kind the of amazing that. thing
3: to me is the mental callus that you've built up to it. Because there was a Home Depot confrontation where the guy was, oh. looked like he was about to hit you with a metal rod, and you didn't flinch one bit.
4: Well, I kind of flinched when he almost hit me. I mean, I oh, ducked. Really. I, I mean, I, 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 I definitely. You know, that's a, another one of the interesting things. I knew this guy because I had done stories on him before. Uh, I knew he was going to come out hot. I certainly thought he may come after me and he did. And he came right at me and he started charging at me. And then you're in the position of, well, what do I do here? I can't hit him over the head with a microphone. I can't run away like a sissy boy. So I stood there and I tried to talk to him and I talked him down and he swung at me a couple of times and I ducked and I said, Hey, Hey, don't do that. You're on probation. You're going to get in big trouble. And I continued trying to talk to him. And you know, I mean, that's, I finally did calm him down and talk to him and got his side of the story and the whole bit. And, you know, it made for good TV and I didn't get hit.
3: Have you ever been hit?
4: I've been pushed around and stuff, you know, I mean, I've been pushed around. I mean, if, if, if that guy came close to hitting me,
3: usually they go after the cameraman. Which is great video. Well, he was
4: gone after the cameraman too, but I always, I always try to protect the cameraman, so I get in between the two of them. I mean, I've never really had a cameraman get hit either, but you know, I mean, there, there's definitely been times when you know it's hairy, it's hair raising going out there, and you're putting people on the spot and tricking them into talking. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, what I like to consider myself good at, and 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 I know that you guys probably. Uh, don't want me to put down channel four and seven, and nobody wants me to put down channel four. And Actually, 7. I'm,
1: I'm pretty okay with that. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Anyways, you know this no is
1: channel fifty in
4: there th- too. This is you. a this is a confrontation <laughs> on on some of the other stations, and not not in all cases because I have respect for some of the other reporters, but uh, oftentimes you get shot of the back of the head. I tell my cameraman, I don't want a shot of the back of the head. I don't want a shot of the guy walking in the door and me knocking on the door. Hey, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to shot. I know of the you're guy in there. there so we work very hard at getting people into positions where they're going to be able to talk and i usually like to think of a way to get somebody to talk so i'll give you an example we had a uh... a guy who was a uh... he he was a rock musician he had played in a couple of bands and he had a couple of albums out and he also what i was doing the story on him for was that he had this ranch and there were a bunch of decapitated cows on his ranch and sickly cows. And he was letting the pigs eat his cows. And so it was, all of his neighbors were appalled and it was disgusting. And so I went up to him and so I thought, how am I going to get this guy to talk to me? And he's just the Saab beager
1: story that you did. Who's that? Uh, I'm just
4: changing the name to protect the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. So, so Spruce I was Ringstein. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Good. No. This this guy was kind of a, uh, a he was a dark metal guy. He was uh, a, a a little bit. Of, I, I'm a big music fan, but I was not familiar Grant with Trent Tresner. Yeah. So, something.
1: I was like,
2: expecting a middle of the road guy with the uh, chopped off cow's heads. <laughs> yeah. And no. This. Yeah. This, this guy. Saul John Brock. Davidson.
1: Amy, <laughs> Amy Grant.
5: <laughs>
4: a- anyways, the, my point. Is, my point <laughs> is to get this guy to talk, and I, I put a lot of thought into this, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get this guy. Halfway between his car and the courthouse where he was going, right? You don't want to get him right when they get out of the car because then he's just going to get back in his car. You don't want to get him right when he's at the courthouse door because then he's just going to run inside there. So you get him halfway between. And so I asked him, and this was a, a pre calculated question that I came up with. And I said, Hey, Steve, are you a rocker or are you a rancher? Right? Great alliteration. Sure. Direct question and it appealed to his ego. So he's like, "Oh, well, that depends, you know." And he starts talking about I played in a rock band and I was, you know, that and I've got this farm and blah blah blah, and so you get him to open up. So that's what I consider a good opening question. You know, you don't want to go up and start saying Hey, I know you're such a son of a bitch. Yeah, I know you're a bad guy. I know you took the money. I know you stole that money from that little old lady, this and that. You go up and you say, hey, how's the business going? You know, and you ask them that kind of thing. And if you have a question where you can kind of put it where they're going to be interested in it. So it's calculated.
2: I wonder why the guy thought a TV station would find whether he rocked ranched or both of any interest <laughs> I mean it's funny that he I think hey I'm my moment on Fox too this is great
4: well because you're appealing to their ego you know I mean you look at these guys and and I mean I tell you I just I, I, I'm working on a story right now and and I'm working on the psychology of this guy what's going to get this guy to talk to me and I'm appealing to his ego he appears to have a large ego he appeals to think everybody did him wrong. So I'm working on what my approach would be. And it will probably be something along like, man, you're a guy who just seems to have gotten a bad deal in life. And I think he's going to go, finally, somebody recognizes my way, you know, and you know, you're a successful businessman and everybody's all over your shit. Not, I I wouldn't say that because I'd be (laughs) on TV all over your case. Right. And then I think he's going to end up talking to me. Whereas if I just walked up to him and said, you're a bad business guy, so there's but, a lot of work and planning that goes into these. I mean, I, I know people like to watch the Hall of Shame and they think, man, I'd like to have that job. Oh, that job's got to be cool, man. You just go up and mess with people and all this kind of stuff. but it's a hard job, you know and it's it, and and I've done it for a long time and Quite frankly, I'm good at it because I work really hard at it. You know, right. it's not easy. Don't you have to have
1: sort of a question that you have to get out no matter what, just for legal reasons? Like if if they're accused of doing something or the people you're talking to say they wronged them in some way, don't you have to get that out there kind of early in case they slam the door in your face? You can't be like... Oh, I didn't get the chance to ask him why he cheated his grandma. You right, know? right. Well, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, I y- mean that, y- you that's sort where of
4: figure out how much time you have before they're going to get to a safe place. That's where you have to think on your feet. Right. You know, you have to think on your feet, and you know from doing this as well. You know, if the guy's giving you the cold shoulder and he says "F you, get away from me," this and that, then you got to go straight to the question that legally you have to ask: Did you steal the money? And, and then, give him a chance to answer right, it. Right, and give him the chance to answer it. You know, so so it all depends. You know, but I mean, if you feel like you're working people and I, I also think that part of my thing is is that I think I come off as a nice guy. I come off as a fair guy and sometimes I come off as kind of a dumb guy. And, and so I think they think a lot of times these guys think they're smarter than everybody else. And, and I don't think I'm smarter than everybody else. I don't consider myself to be some kind of brilliant guy or anything like that.
3: I've watched you on television. You're a real beauty. Thank you. Regarding the psychology of the people you bust, I think the most interesting One of the most interesting people that you've busted was Dwight Inge, quote unquote, who pretended to be Brandon Inge's dad. Right. (laughs) Uh, What was the update on him? Because didn't you bust him a few years later? And do you have any idea where he is today? I I only did the one story on the guy. Okay,
4: Um, That was one of those stories that was controversial because people thought I was picking on an elderly gentleman that perhaps had some type of uh, dementia or something like that. First off, I called him by his regular name, which I don't even remember what it was. Ralph Uh, uh, Caruso. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, Ralph, how you doing? And he went, huh? And I said, you're Ralph Caruso, right? And he said, no. And I'm thinking, okay, the next thing he's going to say is, I'm Brandon Inge, his dad, whatever. I'm Dwight Inge. And he didn't say that. Instead, he came up with, no, I'm friggin' Fred Nickelhofer or something. He came up with another thing.
5: <laughs> <baby. laughs>
4: and I said, well, are you going around telling people you're Dwight Inge and uh, Brandon Inge's dad? And he says, not me. And he gets in the car. So I was like, well, He's lying that he's making this up because I asked the people in the store just two seconds earlier, did that guy just come in here and say he was Brandon (laughs) Inge's dad? And they said, yes. What
2: was was he getting out of that, Rob? prestige. He was... You so know, he wasn't stealing it anything. Wasn't illegal. Why did he say it was
4: Verlander's
1: dad? Exactly. I mean, Brandon Inge's dad I may mean, be, your kid sucks! Okay, exactly. interestingly, yes.
4: interestingly, the, the update... Hey, kid, hit the ball! The update would be after he was outed as being Brandon Inge's dad, and it went all over the internet, and people wrote stories on it and all of that kind of stuff. About a year later, he said he was Verlander's dad. Oh, right. He that's changed right. it oh. to Verlander's dad. He upgraded. So, so you know, I mean, what did he get out of it? I don't know. You know, I mean, prestige, being somebody, and 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 that is a pathetic thing.
2: No, those people are. That's scary when people are doing stuff like it, that. It is and, and scary when people you don't want to do be mixed like up that. with someone like that. If they're if they're lying about that, what else are they lying well, about? Well, and, and, it's and he was
4: promising things to people. Mm-hmm. He was promising things to people, and he was he was walking and approaching. Uh, young people, teenagers, and saying things like, "Would you like tickets to the Tigers game? I can get you twenty tickets." Well, give me your address, and then, <laughs> and so then God. you 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 go. Your kid comes home and says, uh, "Hey, we met Brandon Inge's dad at the park, and we uh, he showed me his he's going to give us tickets to the <laughs> Tigers game." And you go, "Well, how are you? How's are you going to get the tickets?" He said, "Well, he we took our address down." Ooh, well, now looks. you've got a real problem because yeah. you're saying. Well, who was this guy? Well, yeah, he looked like he was about 80 years old. Well, Brandon Inge is only 23 or however old he was at the time. So, you know, I, I don't hear a story if I don't think it's uh, uh, right. Um, in right, that we case, go through I knew a
1: process we, we, too. It's not up to us. So there's, there's several people who have to say, right, this is worthwhile. But but, but
4: that was about- one of those stories where I knew I was going to take a little bit of flack, but, but honestly, the other thing is about being a good reporter and, and, and when you get the hate mail and you guys know from being in broadcasting and all this, when you get the hate mail or you get that thumbs down on your videos or you suck and all that kind of stuff,
3: you well, know, I can do a lot
4: better than that. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> whatever. When you, you get that, of course, nobody likes to see that. But I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think it's good to have a story... You know, of course, I did the Chrysler story years ago with the guys uh, drinking yeah, and smoking yep, pot, yeah. and I took a lot of hits for that. I mean, I was—it was, it was I a lot of hits too. Yeah, it was right there in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, well, well, I don't—not those kind of hits. But oh, you know, I mean, that was know,
2: so irrational. There though. were that a was... lot,
4: and I appreciated. I remember, Drew, you and Mike uh, really stuck up for me on that story. And and the thing was, is that I, there was no question it was wrong. But there were a lot of people that thought, oh, this is just a small part of our workforce, and. The thing is is that I'm not really doing a good job as a reporter if I don't sometimes make people mad. Because you can't make everybody mad. Sometimes the truth makes people mad. And that was the truth. These guys were going to the park and they were partying.
1: One of the things I really want people to hear is you tell about your first confrontation <laughs> way back in, where is it? it Fresno, Fresno or, right, or okay.
4: Needles, California or something. Yeah, all right, I was in Fresno and I was mentioning this to you. And, and I don't even know if I've ever told this story. I don't think I have.
2: Okay, breaking news. That'll be I, breaking
4: news. I don't know we'll if. Put the, on the red shovel wire. I don't know if the story's all that great. Breaking news with Mort Krim. By the way, Drew. Yes. I was on the Detroiters. You were? Yeah. What? Yeah. I've heard you bitching because you didn't get asked to be on oh, the well, Detroiters. I wasn't on. I, I know. I everyone know. was on Everyone was you on but me. right. I was on the damn Detroiters. How did you get on? They called me up and said they wanted me to, uh, uh, they had a segment on the show that Mort Krim was doing uh, called the Chump of the Week. Oh, yeah. Sounds kind of familiar.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. It, they, they called you up and said, I've seen you before. You're yeah. the asshole on TV. That, that was what they said.
4: <laughs> no, they, they did. that. The, they, the guys from the show actually called me up and they said, we're doing a thing called the Chump of the Week. Obviously, it's kind of a takeoff on the Hall of Shame. And we want you to participate in it. And so if you watch those episodes of the Detroiters, I'm the guy mm-hmm. saying, and now it's time for Mort Crims Chump of the Week.
3: You know who pissed me off? Dale Stern, the principal of Diana Lewis Elementary who permanently canceled Pizza Fridays. Now, if pizza's not healthy, how come I've never seen a fat Italian? You, sir, are a pepperoni.
1: Now, you rookie investigative reporters don't know what's happening here, but Rob is trying to get us off of that story. Yes, it's a great that, story. That forlorn afternoon in Fresno.
4: No, no,
2: I just... Rob, well, can I just ask quickly, was your voice on the show? My was voice you, was oh, on okay. the show. That's I just did I didn't voice. See. But I but was that's better not, than... I got nothing. I mean, this is supposed to bring out all the people that were important when their child... I know. Somehow I, I, they just I, completely missed our I'm show. I'm not saying that you didn't deserve to. I would have put you
4: on, too. As far as I'm concerned, you Trump guys... Is my
3: son's Friend Tucker, if you're coming to someone's house for a sleepover, you don't get a nosebleed. That's all my stuff you bled on, Tucker.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so Luke yeah.
1: Skywalker, you switched off your battle computer. Stay on target. <laughs> Stay
4: on target. So, so whenever the chump of the week you don't would have to play, blow up the Death you know, Star. Just blow up the it. damn Fresno story. <laughs> <laughs> whenever the whenever the chump of the week would play, I would. Uh, uh, that was my voice, and I got paid. So um sweet. Yeah, so it was cool. So I I'm sorry, right? I mean, now no, no looks, Fresno, Day story, no cherry. My no. voice on TV. Okay, so anyways, Fresno. All right, Fresno. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so oh, you know, I was just wondering, <laughs> what's
1: your favorite top? No, Fresno. Go
3: to Fresno. Fresno.
4: I only mentioned it because I side with Drew. Drew definitely should have been. Drew and Mike should have definitely been on the show. Well,
3: that's why the show's canceled now. Fresno.
4: Yeah. Fresno. Fresno. Okay. First so, Hall of shame. First uh, So I was a regular general assignment reporter, and I was asked to do this thing that they called the on-your-side thing. So I had to go bust this guy, and his name was Ewell. Not Hewell as no, in no, Perkins. No. Hewell is good. Yes. No, this guy's name was Ewell. And he was a guy who owned a bunch of bars in Fresno. And he was also a guy who owned a bunch of apartment complexes. Well, the story was about how um the people that were living in the apartment complex, there were two gentlemen who had an apartment together and they worked a lot of hours. And Their electric bill was always, I don't know, $125 a month, right? So they kind of did a little experiment where they turned – they didn't use their electricity hardly at all for a whole month to see what their electric bill would be. And it was actually like then $130 a month. So they're like, oh, well, what is the deal here? So the one guy goes to the uh, circuit box, right, in his apartment, and he flips the switches on the circuit box, and his roommate says, all the lights – outside went off (laughs) so he was they figured out they were paying for lighting for the whole complex right so they had which is where the bar was and everything else so so their breakers were controlling the garage door all the all the garages like you know it was a big apartment complex so that's why they were getting these big things so i thought this is a great story i'm gonna go after this guy and all this kind of stuff and i was scared and i didn't know exactly how it was going to go and i thought i was prepared anyways i went there and i met up with this yule guy and he was a big dude and he ran a bunch of bars so he knew he certainly wasn't intimidated by me and i went up uh yes uh, uh mr yule um sir you know i'd like <laughs> to and, and i went up and and the dude ate me alive i mean he beat me up i mean he destroyed me i I asked him a bunch of questions he had great answers to them he showed me in the contract where it said uh in the fine print that uh some outside lighting could be paid for uh, by residents of the thing you're signing it in the lease nowadays i would say things like yeah well is that fair but instead i looked at it like oh well, I didn't see that, you know, I mean, and the dude ate me alive and it was terrible and embarrassing and humiliating and awful. I learned a great lesson. I watched it and learned, okay, how am I going to do this better? What can I do? And so I realized I had to prepare. I had to know what was going to happen when, uh, if he says this, what am I going to say? What's he going to do if I say this? And, and so, you know, I go through all of these things in my head beforehand And try to know what I'm going to do in each situation. Because you don't know. I mean, you can have a guy, people say, oh, yeah, he's a loud mouth. He's going to get all over your face and stuff. And then he'll say, well, sorry, you don't want to talk right now. And it's like, what, what? All right, so what do you do in that situation? So you prepare yourself. So that was my first one, and I was terrible at it. It's not something that came naturally to me. So So how long before the next one? Boy, you know, I don't remember the second one, but it must have been better. Um, you know, I slowly I a got a girlfriend who told me that one time. Yeah, <laughs> I I I it's it, well, dead, it wasn't the first well, I slowly got <laughs> better, but that first and one longer. I mean, the guy the guy destroyed me. Do uh, you ever have a guy totally disarm you
1: by by something they said? Like one time when I was at channel four, we confronted a guy. We didn't know if it was really him and he had a garage attached to the house, so we didn't know whether he's gonna open the garage or just drive right out of it, and he walked out. We got out on him right away. And I introduced myself, and at first he says, Oh, yeah, I know who you are. I love your stuff. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. And it, it, I was just like, <laughs> oh, um, okay, yeah, but but why do you have all these parts? And by the way, you are the guy who you are supposed to be, right? It was a disaster. It was just horrible. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's you. try that again
3: by the way <laughs> yeah. what, what no!
1: now yeah what,
3: have you ever what? see one of these two just say yeah I love yeah. your work yeah. well, that, that
1: won't work But with people me. don't love your work sir and here's why we're ready now exactly. yeah, I'm not giving away the the magic
4: tricks here I, I think the the probably one of the weirdest ones to me was uh kissed you on the mouth no the yeah, <laughs> that, oh, there's the Christmas party yeah. sorry uh, uh I I went to this guy they Gary were flipping it. dogs it's called the dog flippers and and they were flipping dogs like selling them at a higher price So so what they were doing them. is the, the, it was this couple this young they attractive first. couple yeah. Yeah. and then they would answer ads on, on <laughs> they would answer ads on Craigslist and then they would go so somebody would say I'm moving to Alabama and I can't take my dog with me hey, we, we just love fluffy and this and that. We're just looking for a nice home for the dog. And then they would go there and they would be this couple and they had a Cadillac and they appeared to be very religious. And they said, Oh, we're just a nice Christian couple and we'd love to take fluffy and blah, 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 blah. And they would talk people out of their dogs and the people would say, Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I got a nice safe dog. Well, the very next day they'd sell the dog on Craigslist for $125, purebred poodle, whatever the hell. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was just really nasty. And so, uh when i went to confront this guy so i looked him up and he had a record for assault with intent to murder i mean damn i mean it was it was a really bad bad charge i mean he almost killed somebody um and so i went i i saw the wife and i said hey maria will you talk to me and she went running in and this that and out comes the guy i I said i still remember i said and now here comes the big dog right and this guy comes out (laughs) and i'm thinking okay what's he gonna do and he says uh i said hi rick i said i want to ask you a little bit about dogs and he says he says uh uh have you accepted the word of Jesus today? Oh, I
3: remember this, right? <laughs>
4: yes. And so now, remember, I'm on camera, right? So I'm thinking, well, boy, they don't teach you this in broadcasting school, <laughs> you know? So I'm thinking, well, I don't want to... They th- don't
1: teach you any of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
4: I don't want to appear disrespectful to this guy, you know, right? So I said, uh, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. I'm, I'm a Christian, sure. I've accepted the word of Jesus. You know, well, you know, and he starts preaching and going on and on with more of this stuff. And, 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 and he's really hitting hard and I can't interrupt him. And I said, okay, okay, Rick, well now, you know, and then I had to talk him out of the, the, the Jesus stuff and, and get him onto the dog subject, which I, which I managed to do. But to me, that's like one of those ones where it was like, Jesus, what, you know, I thought you were going to come out and punch me, you know, now you want to talk about Jesus. And like I said, how do the viewer, how the viewer is going to take that? If I say, I don't want to talk about Jesus, you know, or what do you say? Like, Jesus, you mean Jesus? That Chihuahua you just sold to somebody the other day? Well, you know, and like I said, I didn't have any problem with saying. You well, know, as a matter of fact, I have accepted Jesus into my heart. Oh, I, I'm Jesus a Christian. Christ. You know, no problem. You know, and then he accused me of not being a good Christian, and it was crazy stuff. Well, but, he's a guy flipping dogs. Yeah, yeah, he's flipping dogs, and then you that's know, not I, very Christian. Well, absolutely,
1: and you know, oh, dog Jesus. backward.
4: It's God. Oh, exactly. God, exactly, God. right. Yeah. That, that was it's like what, he's flipping God that off. That was one of the, the lines I used in the story. Oh. The, the I, in the story. Oh. I don't want to talk about oh, wow. uh, Stories seem much shorter God on TV, I want TV, to talk actually. about dogs. <laughs> you know, so What's that? The stories seem much shorter on TV. No, they're long. Okay. They're, just, they're just put together better. I was, I was, you invited me on your damn show, pal, okay?
1: You know indirectly who invited you on the show? <laughs> Who's that? They may be regretting it now. Who's Dr. that? Dr. Yaldo. Who? Dr. Yaldo. Dr. Yaldo did? He's accepted 2020 vision into his heart. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Awkward segue. Take advantage of advanced (laughs) technology. That sure was It's a a personal choice, just like answering a question (laughs) Another advertiser
4: dropping. That's right. That's right. He's just like, I wear your damn
1: Coke bottle of glass. I'm done with these losers. But you don't have to have a $1,000 smartphone, a luxury car, your own 70-inch 4K big screen. But it's real nice if you can afford them. Same goes for custom LASIK and the amazing multifocal lens implants. The difference? They eventually pay for themselves because you never again need to buy new frames, lenses, contacts, cases, fluids, or deal with breakage year after year. Dr. Yaldo is Michigan's leader in both those categories with over 50,000 combined procedures performed. He's also a supporter, friend, benefactor of all of us at the Red Shovel Network. Multifocal implants for people about 45 and over who have reading issues. And LASIK for you millennials and Gen Xers. Will save you money on the long run and give you great 24 7 vision or vision 24 7. it would be 2020 vision 24 7 without any of those ancient technologies. You'll leave Dr. Yaldo's office and say, That's it, five minutes, no pain? Why did I wait so long? So don't wait. Enjoy the summer without sweating up your glasses or diving into the pool with your contacts in. Go with the best. The evaluation is free. Call 1 800 398 EYES or go to Yaldo Eye, Yaldo Eye Center.
4: So everybody, so everybody there will be able to see me when I come and do a haul of shame on him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, so no, 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 no. And once again, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just being. I'm, i I'm, I'm making this as hard as possible for you guys. One of the things that please don't make this joke about, about this all the is, advertisers.
2: <laughs> I
4: think you've been doing. I, I, this. I have never received a bad letter on Doctor Yell though either. So I've never heard one about. Uh, David Hall, nor this, this, uh, y'all guys are both fantastic. Up. Yes. They're but fantastic.
2: What an endorsement. Yes. One of the things <laughs> not to said, not get a hall they, of shame complaint.
1: They, they, well, well, well,
4: everybody's gotten a hall of shame complaint. I mean, <laughs> well, I tell businesses all the time. This
1: hasn't even been posted. I'm getting messages from both of them saying we're out. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> bring, bring back uh, that Schaefer guy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you, you touched on something that I think is, is, is something I experienced, which is you're not, Taught how to do this there's no training for this, and when I went to channel four i I had lots of fits and starts before figuring out how to do these encounters. Yes, you were terrible <laughs> I, very bad very bad and uh and i um I had one where you've gotten a lot better at fox too I've left a lot of room for growth still, like in the podcasting business this is this is this is very basic we're we're gonna be good in about twenty years but the um the one confrontation I really remember was we were sitting on a house where uh, Kilpatrick's uncle lived because we wanted to ask him why he was still driving a city car when the mayor said he was going to take away all the city cars and no one was coming out. No one's And you know, that, that point we like, did we get here too late? Is everybody gone? How long should we stay here? Like real hardworking people are at work by now, but we're dealing with dirt bags. So maybe they'll still be in there. And sure enough, he drives away. And in this case, we had two cars. So one of them, was behind him and we were in front of him and he started instead of passing us he just followed us until we realized this dude is following us so we had to stop and we're sitting in the car we're like okay what do we do now we usually wait for people to stop and then get out and talk to them we're now stopped and he's not getting out of the car and we eventually decide well i guess we'll have to get out of the car and just ask him some questions. And he rolled down his windows and it was very ridiculous. And in the end, it it worked out. But uh, but this is all trial and error. And with the exception of Steve Wilson, who did it very well here, I don't know that anybody in this town does it better than you. I don't know that anybody in this town has been doing it longer than you. I mean, starting out from the time at the Dumont Network and then all the way to uh, to Grandma, Fox. Yeah,
4: but... yeah gramophone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Thomas
1: got... Edison said, "This wall check, guys. Got something. <laughs> As
4: someone who didn't want to do this in the first place, when you look back at all these years Scott, of doing Scott it. Scott Lewis was really good. Scott me. Lewis was oh, very Scott, good, too. Scott Lewis was really good. Yeah. I, yep. I mean, I, I'm very fortunate that when I came here, I was also working with Scott Lewis. So, I mean, we... Uh, you were doing this in California. I was I mean, doing it in California, but working with Scott, Scott was... The friggin' greatest.
1: Every once in a while, I go see our our, our web uh, master and I say, "Well, because um, I don't really look at numbers, and I'm grateful that Fox Two doesn't. They say if it's a good story, you do it, and that's that's really how it should work." But I'll say, "How you know? How did that story do? Did it do pretty well in the webs like, uh, "Sometimes, like, oh yeah, that one did really well. Other times, it's like that one that one didn't really catch on." You know, don't worry about it. Sometimes it happens. I said, "Well, what what kind of stuff are we doing that really gets a, a good response?" He's like. Uh, pretty much everything Wall does. I'm like,
5: Wall check No, they didn't say that. <laughs> they did.
4: No way. They did. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that because I've had stories the same. You know, it, it's
2: it's they tell like, Rob everything Elric does does well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a mind screw. Uh, no, no, they they, they they they
4: wouldn't lie that badly. But um,
1: <laughs> so thanks they, for coming on, Rob.
4: It's, <laughs> so here, here it's time for some of Rob's you, gayest you, secrets. You, you yeah. have to understand. You have to understand. I know. give ML a very hard time, and and I like ML and, and a lot much. of back rubs, which yeah, is so creepy. ML, I, I I do. I we, we tease each other a lot, and I I give him a hard time. I'm I'm kind of a dick, so.
1: I gotta tell you the first time I saw Rob outside of TV, it was at the Emmys, and it was my first year at Channel Four. And so they invited me to be one of the presenters because they try and get the new guys involved and all that. And a guy from a station in Flint, who had uh, was a longtime Flint guy, he had left a station to become anchor at a new news station, and he was talking and they had just pulled the plug on it. So he goes up to take his Emmy and he goes you know, a lot of good people lost their jobs when they bailed out on us. But this Emmy Award reminds us of why we got into this, that the work matters and that this is really important. And it was really moving. And, uh, and I got up and clapped. And I was really, I mean, I was, it was powerful. And the next guy who goes up there to pr- to get an Emmy is Rob. And Rob goes, "Hey, somebody get that guy a job."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: thought, "Who is this asshole?" And so for years, I was like, "Yeah, you know, Fox too." But this Rob Walchick. man, I'll
3: tell you what—I got a. there's was concern for that guy,
1: and I love this guy now. It's weird. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's we're getting some funky water at the plant or something like that. But he's a really good colleague. He's a—he does care a lot. He's very funny. Not as funny as he thinks, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, he's sort of you know he's a singles hitter, but he's 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 but he's like Richie Ashburn. He's hitting two ninety seven, but he um he really does care about stuff. And there's a lot of a lot of things he does where you're sort of like, who was that guy at the Emmys? Because he was a
4: dick. Oh, no, I see. See, I kind of remember that. Yeah, you know, and I mean, you know who
1: that guy was. Yeah, yeah, Jim yeah. Kurtzner.
4: What's
3: oh, all really? Is that what Jim now? Said yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. he got, he got no a job. Kidding. Yeah, he's doing great. <laughs> Thanks to Rob, he got a job. Yeah, I know. It's, uh...
4: <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, I don't know. You know, so his family didn't live in Iowa. Twice as many people would watch his stories was on that, Channel
1: Seven.
2: Was that right before he came to Channel Seven?
1: <laughs> no, he was at Chan- he came to Channel Four not long after that to be the investigative producer <laughs> yeah. when I was there. Oh. So I became friends with Jim, and I told him this. So he's like. Well, you know, that. that guy, I'm sure he's okay. I'm like, no, we hate Rob. Well, let's go get Rob. Isn't he's he like, at Grr. Channel
4: 7 now? Yeah. He's at Channel 7 Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know who that great. guy is. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all-right He's a guy. Guy. very good <laughs> reporter. Yeah. yeah, he's a good reporter. I like the guy. I don't, you know, I feel really uncomfortable. Do you, you like him as much of- as you like Ross Jones? Uh, Let's not mention Ross. (laughs) Uh, uh, You you know, I don't really pay attention to people at the other stations. I'm a very competitive person, (laughs) and I, I root for Fox too, and I root for myself, and I admit it when I'm at those award ceremonies. I want to win. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, if you and I were oh, you hardcore. If you were in, and I were in a contest against <laughs> each other, Ridiculous. And I was to lose, I would be furiously mad. And and uh, I, I'm a, a poor loser. I think we found out who shot my car. But fortunately, <laughs> for, nah, I'm not that bad. Fortunately, uh, uh, I, I seem to win those things. So I'm. Pretty there are tired. a lot of trophies behind your desk yes I, I I've done very well for myself uh, with the awards that that one that says most
1: selfish lover though I, that's not that's <laughs> an ironic award, you know yeah I suppose
4: if, I, I don't know I didn't I didn't read the awards. I just know there's
3: yeah. is, to... is there one hall of shame uh, that you hold above all others like the one that is just your masterpiece you're glad you took this evil person down. the story was well done. Is there one that stands out for you? And
4: I get asked that question all the time. I wish I had. How oh, common answer. of me! I, I, no, I, I do. I get, I get asked. Well, I get the questions. I always get are, has uh, anybody ever punched you in the face? I already uh, asked that. One yeah, and then I get the, you know, what's your favorite Hall of Shame story? And, and I don't really have one. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I, I like all of my stories. Like I'm, I'm working on a story that I'm going to do next month, and I'm, I'm real excited about it. And, and that's. The good thing is that I'm really excited about this story. I really want to do this story. and I really am a common guy. So it's a, a thing where I, st- I don't think I'm real smart, I don't think I know business, check, I mean- check. What's that? I just want to make sure the mic. No, no, I'm just, I, I, you know, I, I I consider myself a very average Joe guy. I don't have any kind of special education or anything like that. I mean, you, everything you learned is from doing it. I, I, I I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to play records. That's what I did for several years, and I played records, and then I thought, I turned 30, and I said, Well, what can I do for a living? And then I watched TV, and I said, "Well, those guys—they get to work on uh, their eleven o'clock news. I don't have to get up early, as you know. I'm not really a morning person." And uh, I wouldn't know
1: that because I'm not either, unless yeah.
4: it's unless it's for to get. somebody. Yeah, I gotta then, go to I Then gotta we go. got to get up at four. Yeah, I got to get up at. I have to be in court on Friday, so so we do. Have, we do sometimes have to get up. But anyway, they so, will find so you so I innocent. got into it just because I thought <laughs> I could do it, and then I did it, and I started interning and. I just seem to be pretty good at it. Well, Rob, do you mind sticking around to sing a song for Room 7609? What is Room
1: 7609? That's where we do new wave hits. Sure. You could do a Depeche Mode tune or...
2: Uh... Rob was geeked about the specials being on Kimmel.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. English so beat fan? I mean, he's, got a, he's got a good taste in music. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I do have good taste in music. I, I'm one of those people that got into music or got into being a DJ because I wanted to play music. You know, right. I thought, ooh, I'm going to go on the radio and I'm going to... Play the best songs and all that kind of stuff. And as Everly I was Brothers. mentioning to Drew earlier, I was a terrible country DJ. What was
1: the most difficult country name you had to pronounce?
4: Oh, they had a bunch of weird names. Narvel Feltz, I remember, was a guy. I mean, that was a real guy's name. Did you have to do you know here
1: Yoakum? What's that? Did you have to do D. White Yoakum?
4: No, no. That's Dwight, a great name. Dwight Yoakam was way later. And okay. I, I actually could handle some Dwight Yoakum songs. Okay. Um, he was great I, in Sling Blade. Yeah. Well, you know he. Oh, wasn't he? Oh, I oh. love that movie. That's like I love when he got the Sling
5: Blade. Sling blade. Yeah, that no. was a highlight.
4: Yeah. Well, well, Dwight didn't get the Sling Blade. He got. Yeah, he got it. Yeah. He got it. In yeah. head Two, Yeah. So Look
3: at that great band in Sling Blade. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he he was great. I mean, I mean I he's he's one of the country guys I could really dig. You know, but. Hey! <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. God, he was so great. And, that, and, and, and Billy Bob Thornton, guy, that was such a great role. Un- Y'all don't shut up.
2: I'm going to go out of my mind.
4: Yeah, no, Narvel Feltz. Uh, I remember I had to play a song called $60 Duck. Seriously, that was a country hit. And I don't remember who did it, but I had to go on every day and say, yeah, 1280, crazy country, and here comes whoever it is and his big hit, $60 Duck. <sighs>
5: Ugh.
4: Ooh, yeah. I know, and and that's you know, how much he made
1: in royalties. Too. And
4: I was a guy that that you know, I mean, I thought I was. I mean, I grew up playing Aerosmith and Ted Nugent, and you know that kind of stuff. I was. Is that sixty dollar duck? Sixty dollar duck? No way!
1: Louis, Talk Wickham it
4: up! Oh, I don't remember. Him. One afternoon, <laughs> there's
1: a man at my door. He's nobody I've ever seen before, but he's yelling and screaming.
3: He's really
4: sixty dollar duck. Yeah, Who is
3: pretty. it? Uh, Louis Wickham.
4: And all right, all right, give me the intro again. Sounds
1: like a number one hit
4: Give all right? Give, tune, g- all right. Give me the, how how long is the intro? What do I got? What's my walk-up?
3: Oh, boy, maybe 10 seconds. Pretty quick.
4: Well, really crazy country. Hey, it's Scott Roberts with you. Here comes a little $60 duck for you. One
1: afternoon. Nice. Oh, oh hit man, the mar- smacked door.
3: it. I couldn't remember his name though.
1: You didn't have time for the name. Yeah, you instinctively
4: pared it down to just the bare essentials. Well, you know, the intro. You know, you know when you do that for a living, you know, honestly, as ridiculous as that may seem, and Drew can certainly attest to this. You used to practice that stupid thing, you know. You absolutely know. You a, would sit there and be like, "All, oh, all right, f- uh, hot blooded by foreigner, sixteen second <laughs> intro," uh, and you and you'd sit there and say, "Oh, it's you know uh, Drew Lane in the afternoon." You you'd, you'd time it up and you know and, and try to get it right. And I loved being a jock. I mean, I enjoyed it for years and years. But then I just got to the point where it was like, I'm not that good at it. I don't really have a very good voice, as as you probably realize. Distinctive. It's a good voice and it served me well, let's put it that way. I'd say. Is there anything, uh, any other confessions you'd like
1: to make before before you reject Jesus and flip a dog or (laughs) step on a poodle or whatever it is you do on your spare time?
4: Uh, no, I don't have any confessions, uh, to make. I am, I'm, uh, any burning questions here from the Hoy polloi.
2: There's so many great stories. I love the turf team. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is, we played those drops ever since then. We lost them for a while. We have them back and I'm delighted to have them back. You know what?
4: And, and, and that was, uh, uh, why I sent, I sent, cause mm-hmm. you guys asked about it and I sent it and I said, I never hear him use those drops anymore. Cause those were great <laughs> drops.
5: Get the f you
1: out of here, idiot. whatever he says. Get the
4: yeah. f out of here. Yeah, can you? Oh man, that was that was great. Well,
1: let's not act like we're three years old here. If you're going to state a sentence, don't just state a blanket sentence. Be
2: real specific. Yeah, be real specific. <laughs> that was his big complaint with was, every customer. Know, oh, was, I,
3: I remember another good one. I the, the guy, I think he was a TV repairman, and he and he slurred you. He called you a slur, and I remember going, "Yeah, yeah I he, know Rob was but, Jewish." And yeah, then he, he called me
4: out. a a nosed Jew, and he called me a Jew bastard. Uh, I believe he, uh, he he used a couple of other things. I he used the game. That's exactly
2: what it, I, Mark. I had the same reaction. Was wait, is, Rob wait Jewish? Rob is Jewish? Well, well. So and and once again, the school of they
4: don't teach you this in broadcasting school. So he's calling me these things, and I'm not Jewish. <laughs> so it's like not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> it. No, but you it's know, I, I I mean it's it's like you know he's I'm, how do you react to that? Like uh, okay. You know, I mean, so so whatever. I, I don't remember how I responded to it, but it was like, you know. It, just, it kind of falls uh, I, I ha- flat. I had a guy once also call me, and, and I hope I don't get in trouble for using these ethnic slurs. These are people that, the somebody quote. called me this. Guy called me a wetback. The guy called me a wetback. Hmm. And I was like... You know, do you do you know what a wetback is? Do you know what that slur <laughs> refers to? <laughs> you, you know, but actually, I think I said something like, "Man, that's low." When you start attacking my ethnicity, man, you know, so so, <laughs> so because it's obvious that I'm I'm not of uh, uh, Hispanic as yeah. persuasion. But yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, how do you react to that stuff? How do you react do you to a guy laugh? coming and shoving at you and stuff? Well, and you know, you wanna you wanna look good on camera and you wanna make sure you get the questions in and that's it. Did I talk too much? No, <laughs> we already we already dumped one of our segments to make it all fit.
1: So,
3: we were dumping two of them.
4: Well we? <laughs> that's what you get for
5: Here You get the present all night party rose seven six oh nine
0: This
1: is not a sports podcast. so We've had to call an audible. We have put great debate and geek of the week on hiatus, even though we had some really, really good ones. If you want to call me later, personally, we can debate some stuff. But uh, we are keeping our guest DJ Scott Roberts here with us, otherwise known as... Rob Walchek, as we saunter
4: into... Do you, do you think we should explain why I was Scott Roberts? Well, they're going to listen the
1: first time because you were a DJ.
4: Oh, did I say that? I? In yeah. the first, well, that shows
1: Rob's, I Rob's again, getting a little into his dotage here. I don't know what I thought. He's usually about. not up this late unless he's uh, flipping a poodle or, or uh, accepting the Lord Jesus. Jesus into his heart, which uh, is interesting for a Jewish-Mexican man. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of guy he is. He loves everybody and everything. <laughs> But we are in room seven six, and I'm very crowded here with uh, Mr. Fellhauer, Mr. Uh, Walcheck, uh, Drew Wave is here.
2: Yeah, I'm here
1: for uh, a tune. I don't know if you've heard this one before. I know you like Madness, and I know you like. I do. You have a taste for the ska, but this is a underappreciated. I think. Uh, Are we guessing? Some obscure song? Yeah. madness. We, if you got to guess, we're guessing
4: the song. What, what it was? What is the game?
1: Well, we're gonna play it, and we just we're just trying to shed a little spotlight on some high quality new wave music that people may have either forgotten, missed, or will be grateful that we've introduced them to, and and they'll shower us with praise and possibly donations.
2: That's what you wanted to do, Rob?
4: Okay, I gotcha. Gotcha, Okay.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you you it's good you got out of radio. And here's Madness with, any guesses? It's not our house. Uh, is it love? He's about to give it away. Is it love? Right? About to give it away. Michael
5: Caine. He's walking there, I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't even know from the panic and somebody screaming useless paper and puts it in my pocket. I'm trying very hard to keep my fingers screen I can't remember. Tell me what's his name. My name is Michael Cain. And all I wanted was a web of photographs. And laughing, it's another broken morning I see a shadow and call out to try and warn him He didn't seem to hear, just turned away The quiet fellow follows points his finger straight at you He had to sacrifice his mind, yes a world of autographs to keep, and all I wanted was a world of autographs to keep. This day's I love he walks round and round in circles, there is no place he can ever call his own, he seems to jump at the sound of the phone. There's he All he wanted was to name. my name My is Michael King. And all I wanted was a wet
1: Before, Long before Dr. Dre, even before that, before Big Audio Dynamite got into sampling, Michael Caine was kind of drafted by Madness for a, a pretty cool tune.
3: Yeah, I was just reading about it, too, and they, I guess he had to approve the sample. And he didn't really want to be in a song. I don't know. You know, he probably didn't get it.
1: I mean, Michael Caine, who's never turned down a movie role ever, (laughs) said, "I don't want to be in a really Uh, cool band's
3: tune." He probably didn't get it. He probably didn't understand it. But his daughter knew how big Madness was at the time and said, "Dad, you should probably do it." Um, And the song is about you know the troubles in Northern Ireland, which we I think Uh, we talked about a couple times. A lot of the new wave songs in the UK. From that time period, seemed to reference the troubles in one way or another,
1: or Margaret Thatcher. I mean, music used to be so much more political, and it, and it drives me crazy when I think of some of the crazy stuff that went on under George W. Bush. When I think of some of the stuff going on right now, where is all the great music? When we had yeah. Reagan, when we had nuclear uh, annihilation on the uh, on the brain, when we had the the evil empire, there was some great music. People, there's so much good music that came out because people hated. Margaret Thatcher. So we have all this trauma now and all this drama and no good music. Well, so you, we wonder, Katy why, Perry.
3: so you wonder why Michael Caine, like how does that relate to the Troubles? And he said he didn't want it to be so obvious it's about informants and being locked oh. up that the Michael Caine is just a total red herring. Well, now that that, that really stupid video makes sense. If you've uh, ever I seen, the, seen video the video, video this, no. It's,
1: it, it makes no sense unless you have that backstory, which means as a video it, it fails. But I guess <laughs> if you're into deep cuts like we obviously are here in Room 7609, it makes sense. So Madness, Michael Caine, uh, listen to those horns, listen to that great bass playing. I mean, Sugg's lyrics, always very good. Um it's everything that Room 7609 is about. Of course, we would like to hear from you if you have a suggestion for us for our great debate next week, for Geek of the Week, for Room 7609. We've had a couple of suggestions. We will evaluate those and get back to you on those. Maybe we'll even pick one. You can send us an email at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. You can call us at 313-BUTTERFIELD-89070, which for those of you who don't appreciate really schlocky Elizabeth Taylor Films is 313 313- 288-9070, but watch the movie because she looks amazing in that nightgown. Something about <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor and, and Silk. We'd like to thank our sponsors, ask them for their indulgence, and give us another week to get this thing right. And, of course, you can become a sponsor once we chase off all the legitimate cats. Mark, how do they do that?
3: Uh, yeah, mlsoladetroit.com. There's a little, little tiny button at the top that says donate. We'll take any or all your money.
1: Yeah, it, it appears that button is not working. Maybe no, you're I the know. one who can help us test it by making a little cha-ching. And pretty soon we're going to be in the Drew and Mike uh, Show merchandise store where you can get an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, maybe some other groovy swag, so keep an eye out for that. And, of course, if you have any spare time after you've taken an, we've taken an hour of your life, check out our other shows, the uh, No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, the Charlie Liddell, No BS News Hour. The flagship Drew and Mike podcast. We're all part of one great network, which you've been listening to. That's the Red Shovel Network. Cyrus,
0: take us out.
5: Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you
3: dig it?
0: Frontier gentlemen, was written, produced, and directed by Drew Lane and stars M.L. Elric as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Joe Kearns, Don Diamond, Virginia Gregg, And Herb Ellis. Music was composed and conducted by Sean Windsor. Now, stay tuned for the The Mike Show, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Mark Fellhauer speaking. This is the Red Shovel Network.